0: Is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is this. the Players Lounge, broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Hi everybody, Newey Scruggs here. It's not the Players' Lounge because we do that at 2.30 and it's usually with Danny McCray and Barry Church. They're not here. We're doing a scramble today, so I am pleased to work with the first time Mickey Spagnuolo of DallasCowboys.com, Hekma Harrison, and Isaiah Stanback here. So... Um, Guys, I just want to have fun for 45 minutes. I'm going to defer to you for a whole lot here. I'll kind of lead this thing, but I want you guys to do what you normally do on your podcast, which entertain me, by the way. I watch them. I watch them daily. Um, First Uh, off, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing on Christmas Eve?
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Doing good, man. This is is it right here. We got six more days to the end of 2020. Christmas is here. And, man, it's just a blessing to be with you guys. Now nah, everything's good this way, Nui, man. I mean, my pockets are a little lighter
2: than they typically are this time of the year, you know, but, uh, but everything's good, man. <laughs>
3: I'm good. I, I thought I was going to be able to give you an update on practice as practice went along, but they went indoors. So I'm here at the star in one of the little offices, uh, the meeting rooms, and I'm glad to be with you guys. Excellent. So, Mickey, I haven't been in the star forever
0: and a day. So, tell me, um, what's the protocols to get in that thing, man? I, I haven't been in forever.
3: Well, it depends on which end you want to enter. If you uh, want to enter where the players and the staff enter, uh, that's on the to my left on the other side of the, doctor, the new Dr. Pepper uh, building. And you have to pass a covid test every day Uh, now if you want to enter on our side where the media comes in you just have to fill out your little form no 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 hopefully and have your temperature taken and you're allowed in so uh, we are on this end of the building and we aren't allowed to go on the other end of the building and they're really not allowed to come to our side either by the way
0: All right, these are the changes that we've had for COVID-19 in 2020. Hopefully, we can get back to the way things used to be uh, in 2021. Cowboys hosting the Eagles at AT&T Stadium on Sunday here. Um, Mick, want to start with you on this. Antoine Woods, uh, Leighton Vandridge, Xavier Woods could possibly miss this football game. What will that mean? Mickey, start with us and everybody go around and give me your take if these three gentlemen aren't in line up on Sunday.
3: Yeah, and the Woods, the Woodses uh, are not practicing again today. They didn't practice yesterday. So, yeah, it looks like they're probably uh, missing the game. Leighton Vanderish, uh, I think with a high ankle sprain, he's probably definitely uh, out. He hasn't practiced Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was going to be limited today, and I think they're hopeful that he can make it. Uh, Same thing uh, with Blake Bell. Uh, He's got an illness, and he hasn't practiced these last two days, but uh, McCarthy anticipates him uh, being uh, ready to go. And Michael Gallup uh, was full yesterday, expected to be full today, so he should be good to go. So, yeah, uh, the two... Uh, Woods's uh, with a Xavier down uh, likely uh, they, they'll use Darian Thompson as one of the safeties along with Donovan Wilson and as Mike talked today they'll probably be uh, be training some of uh, one or two of the corners to fill in at the safety position uh, along with Reggie Robinson if indeed he's ready at least he played more special teams tackles in this uh, in this pass game. Uh, As for Antoine, uh, that means Justin Hamilton uh, playing more uh, at defensive tackle. And you know, if you noticed what they did uh, last week when they went into their nickel indefinite passing situations, uh, they moved Alden Smith inside uh, as a defensive tackle and Tyrone Crawford. So uh, that'll be a shared position without Antoine in there. And you'd sure like to have him in there because you know darn well uh, what Philadelphia wants to do they want to run the football like everybody else wants to do against this Cowboys defense
2: what are your yeah. thoughts yeah, no, I mean, in terms of the guys that we potentially might be missing, I know we typically have the Connor bros that we're talking about, but the, the Woods bros now, uh, both of those guys, their presence is going to be dearly missed. Um, obviously in the secondary, um, just that veteran presence back there, not even that he's been that exceptional this year because I don't think anybody has been on that on that side of things, um, but I think just, just that veteran presence and having all of our guys last week was huge. Um, so we'll definitely miss him. LVE, uh, um, I don't think that we'll miss LVE as much as people think. I know that he's in there. He's a shot caller. He's a captain on that side and really controls everything on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but we have another intellectual guy in the form of, of Sean Lee that has step in. And I'm a big fan of, uh, of Joe Thomas and his athleticism and what he brings to this team with him and Jalen Smith, hopefully being able to, if they're making the right reads and if they are where they're supposed to be, um, their athleticism will pay huge dividends this game against this, uh, against this offense. Um, and I think probably more than, more than anything, we're going to miss big boy in the middle. Um, Big Woods, because we know, um, as Mickey already alluded to, these guys are going to try to run the ball at us, and you need somebody to really clog some things up because they're going to try to pull their guards um, and pull their centers and things of that nature to try to get off on the edge. So I think out of every position that we're going to be missing out of those guys, I think Big Woods in the middle is probably going to be the biggest loss we have.
1: You know, Isaiah, I'm not going to argue with you on Christmas Eve about LVE. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, But, you know, of the linebackers that I feel like, you know, all the run stuffers, uh, uh, the guys that do better against the run, LVE is the one. And and like Mick said, you know what the Eagles are going to do. They're going to run the ball and no one is hedging their bets against uh, the Eagles not trying to establish the running game the entire game, but with the way that the numbers have been against this uh, Cowboys defense. But you guys have already said Uh, with with Antoine Woods in the middle he'll be missed in that rotation but again Neville Gallimore has shown you that he has the ability to make plays behind Hamilton with Hamilton and and the other guys Uh, and and just look man our defense as of late has you know the turnover differential and all of that has made the difference in these ball games so if they can continue that even with the guys that we're gonna have missing uh, I'm excited about their chances on Sunday Uh, But, you know, in the back half of our defense, if we fill in with guys like, uh, you know, obviously having Donovan Wilson Thompson uh, back there, you know, I'm not as worried about the secondary uh, simply because, like you said, Isaiah, it's not as though we've had exceptional play uh, from Xavier Woods all season. So, I mean, again, there's the communication that I feel like we've gotten better over the last couple of games and hopefully we can continue with that.
0: Heckman, man, you looking good. I-, I love the Christmas outfit, man. you looking good. You-, you-, you got a party afterwards you're going to? I mean, you looking man. good. What's going on there, man? And
1: that boy yeah, looking casket it. sharp, man. He knew it. That boy casket yes, sharp. i try to tell you. Yes, he is. <laughs> here's the a- thing. Here's the thing. I knew I was going to be on with you. And anytime Mickey's around, I got to be clean for Mickey. I mean, this is why I did it. Because I was going to be on with Mickey Spagnola. You know, come on now. You guys got to be. I'm surprised y'all didn't put on tuxedos, too. <laughs>
0: Nah, man, no, no. I, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna get done with this podcast, and I gotta, I gotta head out here to go, to go pick up this Christmas cake. So I'm about to go fight some crowds. So I'm just, I'm just oh, dressed oh, bless your heart. Yes, yeah, so I'm just gonna be <laughs> dressed down, pick up this Christmas cake, and then I gotta get some whole milk because I gotta make my uh, French toast panettone uh, for, Ooh, for tomorrow's Christmas okay. breakfast. And then I'll be done, and I'll, I'll be out. I'll, I'll be out, and so, so I'll be, uh, be all good there. Um, let me, let me dive here into this Eagles. And Isaiah, I want to start with you on this. Jalen Hurts, he's about to make another start. And the young man from Oklahoma and Alabama in his first uh, few games has been electric. In that game against Arizona, he uh, was 338 yards in the air for three touchdowns, and he ran on the ball 11 times for 63 yards and a touchdown, four total touchdowns. If you were Mike Nolan, how do you slow up? jalen hurts who's come in here and electrified this eagles offense
2: man to be honest with you you know you simplify things and you you just make sure that guys understand what their role is who they are what their role is on this team right tell them to play within themselves and within their position Um, you ask guys to be as disciplined as they can be because there's really no win Uh, whether you sit back in a zone he's going to pick you apart Right. Everybody talks about his athleticism. But he, as we saw last week, he is, he is picking guys apart. He is precise with his passes. He's sitting back there. He's confident. His offensive line was giving him time. Um, and he could dial that thing up. He's, he's, he's smart enough to, to identify what the coverages are and find the weak spots in the zones. So you don't want to just sit back. Okay, well, what's the opposite of that? People say, well, how about we blitz him, right? Let's put some pressure on him. Let's, let's make him uncomfortable. Well, that's probably not what you want to do either because he's one of the more athletic quarterbacks in his league. Oh, and he's probably the strongest quarterback in his league, I would probably say as well. So that's probably not going to work out too well for you. So if I can't blitz and I can't sit back in coverage, what do I do? Well, again, you ask guys to play the coverage that you're, that you're that you're calling, and you just tell them to be disciplined and and play team ball. That's the only way that you're gonna that you're gonna get this guy and hope that he that he lays a ball on the ground. As I know, Heckman's gonna gonna talk about how he's susceptible to turnovers in that regard.
1: Yeah, All right, Heck, you know, follow up. Uh, yeah, Nui, I just feel like. You know, with the NFL being a a, a league based off of evaluating guys, and I believe with the way he's come in, a lot of defensive coordinators hadn't been able to pick apart his game, see what he likes to do, and see what Peterson likes to set him up. Now the film is out there, and you can start to – kind of figure out where they're trying to place him with the bootlegs and motions and things like that to make him comfortable. Uh, you know, his skill set from Carson Wentz is pretty much night and day, I feel like, uh, just because Carson Wentz, I, I believe talent-wise, is the better is the better quarterback. He's just having a horrible year uh, this year, but for our defense, it's, it's the things that got us in trouble in the past, right? Guys not playing assignment sound and ad-libbing, ad-libbing and just doing things on their own. We have to get home that we have to manufacture that pass rush with not, not adding extra guys to it and that's going that's going to fall in the lap of guys like Tank Lawrence uh, and, and getting that backside pressure uh, and Randy Gregory as well Alden Smith uh, you know these are the, the names that we're going to have to be saying a lot uh, by making Jalen hurts uncomfortable he's still a rookie right he's still a rookie and as much as we want to you know pump him up because of the matchup there are some things that i feel like mike nolan should you know do to make him uncomfortable and those things are obviously going to be uh with tinkering his coverage you know show man play zone uh things like that two safety maybe one safety uh high just to confuse the looks uh that jalen hurts believes that he has pre-snap
3: you know guys i had lost connection there so i wasn't concentrating on whatever everything you said but if they don't stop the run They aren't going to get a chance to rush the quarterback. So they better be able to figure out how to stop the run. And especially if Philadelphia decides to go two tight ends or two running backs, and then the Cowboys are coming in there with their little nickel defense and some (laughs) skinny-ass safety close to the line of scrimmage instead of another linebacker. And now you're down a linebacker without Leighton Vanderesh. Esch, You know, you're going to have to play Sean Lee and Joe Thomas, but again, to me, you're overwhelmed in personnel if they go a run-heavy offense and you're sitting there in your nickel defense. So, yeah, you guys talked about getting pressure on Jalen Hurts, and I get that, but if they start running the football, I mean, you talked about how the defense played better. They gave up 150 yards rushing to San Francisco. And San Francisco had a big neon sign out there saying, "We're going to run," and they couldn't stop it. So to me, yeah. they got to stop Jalen Hurts from running, and they got to stop the rest of that Philadelphia offense from running. <laughs> and by the way, I would rather see Carson Wentz out there than Jalen Hurts running around with the football. So, so, Absolutely. Mickey. Hey, you're... Hey, hey.
0: <laughs> Mick still upset about that Baltimore defense that that Mike Nolan ran out there against the Ravens.
2: Hey, Mick, I got, I got a question for you, Mick. I, I know, I know, you said the neon. I think I saw the neon sign flashing too. I don't know if you saw that as well. Maybe it was just me blinking a lot. But uh, but the yeah, San Francisco came in here and did what they did. We didn't necessarily stop them a whole bunch, right? They were running the ball uh, like they wanted to. My question is, and my concern—I know you talk about the skinny, the skinny secondary guy coming down there—but I feel as if we almost have to bring in a secondary guy to guard if they do go too tight with these tight ends, because these tight ends can get off the ball. These tight ends are both dangerous, and Jalen likes to throw to these guys, and he's going to put it on the money. So he's going to body up some smaller guys, and he's going to run by the linebackers. So uh, both. Of these, so what? What do you do as a defensive coordinator if you're if you're facing these guys? If I'm the D coordinator. I'm gonna bring my, my my extra safeties in. I know we got about 30 of them now, All right? We're gonna bring one of my extra safeties in, and I'm gonna tell these guys, put your hands on these guys at the line of scrimmage and disrupt it. And if they run the ball, you need to get on the outside and shoot and hunker down and have leverage and you know, hope that your boys come home from the inside. Well, the
3: thing I can, the, the thing I worry about also is uh, one of the things he started doing uh, these last couple games is playing a five-man line with Doris mm-hmm. Armstrong yes. acting like a strong-side linebacker that he's not, by the way. Yep. And so now, once you miss a gap, yep. you only got one linebacker standing there. Yep, and it's it's Katie barred the door. You're gone.
2: Agree. So
3: To me, they, that second level of the defense is non-existent when you do that, and I think that causes problems. I worry about him running. I know he threw for 300 yards last week, but the first week he started, he ran for 100 yards, and we saw what Lamar Jackson did running the ball. We saw what Kyler Murray did running the ball. They've got to figure out how to stop that before they earn the
1: right to rush the quarterback. So Mick, Mick, let me say this. So when we say the defense is playing better, We're saying, look, they didn't give up 300 yards; they gave up 150 yards. So when the defense is in last place, we got to find a silver lining to all this. Obviously, you know, you got to line up and stop the run for the Eagles. True, Uh, but you can't. Maybe you can't take away everything. And our Achilles heel has been the amount of yards that we've been giving up in the running game. So as long as they don't go for 300, yeah, we should be okay.
3: No, as long as they take the ball over, take the ball away four times, they're okay. If you don't get those takeaways, San Francisco had 458 yards I offense
1: forgot. Forgot. with a backup He's not quarterback. Anything I say.
3: Not it was fine. a backup quarterback, and they had 458 <laughs> yards. Come on. Uh, all
0: right, let's take a break here. Mickey's fired up, and I love fired up Mickey. I love fired up Mickey. Uh, I do want to discuss... Uh, some comments that Ezekiel Elliott made to the media. Also, Kellen Moore's job status and that possibly he could be moving on to an excellent opportunity if it comes his way. And also, the most disappointing thing that three guys have had to check out this year. This is a scramble edition of the Players' Lounge. I'm Newey Scruggs along with Heckman Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and Mickey Spagnuolo on DallasCowboys.com radio.
4: Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at-home pickup and delivery – Back Back. to the Players' Lounge.
0: Here we are on a Christmas Eve of the Players' Lounge. We got a scramble today, all right. The no Barry Church, no Danny McCray. They'll be back with me on Monday. We'll be at our 2:30 p.m. Central starting time. But today we got Heck Harrison, Isaiah Standback and Mickey Spagnola doing it with me, Nui Scruggs. And um, let me dive into one Ezekiel Elliott. This has been the most disappointing year of Zeke's career, and he missed last week's game with a calf injury. Says he wants to play. This is what Ezekiel had to say about. Um, people calling for his job because Tony Pollard looked good last, last week uh, Filling in for him and he said quote At the end of the day those people aren't signing my checks Those aren't the cats that are making the final decision I think there's a reason they're not the ones making those decisions I don't think it really matters Heckman, I'm going to start with you Your thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott and what he had to say because there are people who are disappointed in his performance this year. And you've seen social media. Some people saying he's overrated. Some people say it's a bad deal. Your take.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair enough from e- Ezekiel's standpoint uh, to say that. Um, and this has just been one of those things in 2020 that people have been talking about him and losing a burst, losing burst and not being what he used to be uh, in, in years past. Um, and he hears the whispers uh, from that, especially, like you said, on social media. But he has to keep his blinders on and not pay attention uh, to things like that. And even the people that are saying that Tony Pollard was that much better over running back than him on last Sunday. They obviously, we're not looking at the carries and numbers before that 40 yard touchdown uh, burst. So Look, I, I think for, for Zeke, it's about getting his health back, about having those OTAs, training camps, and really coming back stronger next year. This has been an off year, and the people, and the people that are not giving credit to the fact that he has been running behind a beat-up offensive line and not been and hasn't been able to be the running back that he had been in the past. I just I think that they are looking at this and they're being very short-sighted.
3: It's not a beat-up offensive line; it's a second-rate offensive line
1: what you said
3: they, they, they ain't got nobody that can block you know if you can't protect the quarterback what makes you think you can block for the running game and you you know you guys said these people who are these people did these people realize that tony pollard had 10 carries for 23 yards before his last two carries for 46 yards he was averaging 2.3 yards a carry it wasn't because of his talent It was because that offensive line can't run block. And they haven't been able to run block all season long once they lose three starters. And to me, you guys, and you tell me if you think so or not, they lost four starters. Because I think Tyler
2: Beatish had won that starting center job. Yep, I agree with you. You guys are on the money. For all those people, uh, first of all, let me me address Zeke. Zeke, Zeke. D- bruh, don't don't listen to these cats. Uh, so every understand this. Everybody's gonna have an opinion, regardless. Everybody has an opinion. You don't have to agree with it, or you can roll with it. Either way, they're gonna have an opinion. Okay. So you don't have to listen to it. You don't even have to respond to these people. When you talk about these people, Mick, these people are, are the people out there that are just again. They like 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 Zeke said. They're not signing a check, so I really could care less what they have to say. Right. Um, Zeke is still Zeke let's not get it mixed up he had a, he had a couple bad games where he fumbled I, last time I checked I think every player goes through a series of bad games it, it happens it happens okay nobody's talking about Russell Wilson fell off right and Russell Wilson <laughs> he's had he's had some bad games this year right yeah, so yeah. you're 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 allowed to have bad games right the the thing that sucks here is you're you're a Dallas Cowboy you just got a big contract oh and by the way you know um now you're playing with your third and fourth string you know office alignment oh okay yeah that's that's a perfect Perfect uh, concoction for for a great year. It's not realistic, people. And like Mick just just talked about, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Tony Pollard. It doesn't matter if it's Zeke, uh, Emmitt, uh Unless you go get Barry Sanders back there, who who historically played with a bad offensive of line, he's the only person that's going to make some of these plays positive. And that's the reality of the matter. If you can't get past the line of scrimmage, what burst is there to see? What's, what what, what burst is there to see? Well, Tony Pollard is is a is a is a third down back. Right, type scat back who's who's who his job is to get those third down conversions and to be a receiving back. That's what he does well. Zeke is a power back whose job is to go in there and power that thing up in there. And guess what? Oh, by the way, when those guys decide to blitz, I'm gonna make them pay for it. That's what Zeke is there for. And you paid him based upon the success that he was having with that offensive line. Not the success he's having without the offensive line. So give the man a chance, get off his back. I don't care who it is back there. Um, They're going to struggle with this offensive line, as Mick said, because they're playing with bad pad level. And you can't can't get get underneath nobody. You can't move anybody out the way.
0: This is why I enjoy this scramble right here, getting different perspectives from guys on this. Uh, Let me switch to the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is a legend at Boise State University. He finished with a 50-3 record as a starting player from 2007 to 2011. Brian Harson left the Broncos, went to Auburn University. One of the things he spoke about was he wanted Boise State to get out of the Mountain West because he doesn't feel like they can make, uh, make it to the college football playoff in that league. So he decided, you know what, I'm just going to leave myself. So he's now in the SEC. The job is open for the first time t- since 2001. Kellen Moore is this the best opportunity and the opportunity that he wants to go be the head coach, to go home at Boise State University? Do you think it'll happen? I'll start with you Mickey Spagnon.
3: Well I think it comes down to what his priorities are. Does he want to be a college coach or does he want to be an NFL coach? Uh, And as we've seen lately in the NFL if you're an awfully good coordinator no matter how young you are you just might land a head coaching job. Uh, If you go to Boise State uh, and you still want to be an NFL head coach, then it's a stepping stone job, right? Uh, And you got to ask yourself, do I want to recruit? Do I want to have to go out there in this day and age and sell myself to some 17 and 18 year old kid? Uh, Or do I want to sit here and in, in, in one of the top Franchises in the National Football League and continue to make my name for myself. And I know who my quarterback is, by the way, uh, even keep him healthy. So, yeah, I think it comes down to him. I mean, didn't he have this opportunity to be the offensive coordinator there a year or two ago, and he decided to stay here? Uh, so, uh, and you know what happens here when Jerry wants to keep an assistant coach. You know, he'll pay him. So that, I think it comes down to what, what his priorities are because I think absolutely they want him to come back and be the head coach.
1: If I'm if I'm Kellen Moore, there's no way I, I leave the Cowboys uh, to go be the coach of, of, at Boise State, even with all of his you know popularity uh, at Boise. I just feel like he's been knighted by the organization uh, to be you know the heir apparent maybe when you know McCarthy's era is over. Um, so to you know I just don't feel as though that would be a move that he would make right now. There's so many things that he has working for him, especially with getting this offense started and the the numbers that he's been putting up, you know, he's going to have some success in this league pretty soon. And and I think with the Cowboys, as soon as we can get our defense uh, to where it needs to be and obviously not have the substantial injuries that we've had up front and just, you know, oh, by the way, Dak Prescott going down. Look, I think we would have be talking about Kellen Moore. We wouldn't even be talking about Kellen Moore uh, in a Boise State job if if Dak was healthy this year and, and we had you know our full arsenal of guys. Yeah, no, you guys hit on it. It's like the it's like
2: twelve foot Christmas tree that he has back there in the background. You know, if you that, if you have a. If you have a a real shiny ornament at the top right, it's just sparkling, right? It's just kind of glimmering at you. You know, that's Boise State, right? And it's up there. It's like I can go up there and I can grab that thing, right? But I risk everything else below it just tumbling. Right? Is yeah. it is it really worth going out there no. and and taking that opportunity when there's building blocks to being the head coach potentially of the Dallas Cowboys or any other professional organization? Here, you guys already said it. He's he's groomed. He has been knighted. Um, he is one of Jerry's yeah. boys now. You're good, right? You're in the club. Yeah. You know, you're, you're like Mickey. You 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 in the club, man. You ain't going nowhere. You know, both so to the floor. You, you're bolted to the floor, man. <laughs> Three quarter inch. Uh, so he's, you know, he's in a he's in a perfect position right now. Continue to build, continue to develop. Um, I personally don't think that he would even be ready for that for that position. There's too much. There's a lot of management that comes with being the head coach of a whole collegiate program. Um, so no, he'll be here. And, uh, and,
3: and you guys and you guys back. need to understand, I've moved around so much at the Star and here, uh, <laughs> uh, or out at the ranch, and every move I made, it was closer to the door, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: I, I'm, hey, I'm going to push give back. All this up.
0: Go <laughs> ahead. Let, let, let me push back on Kellen Moore here. Now, Bear Bryant once said, when mama calls, you go. And Bear Bryant loved it at Texas A&M. It took less money to go back to Alabama because it was home. And I think if the people of Boise State lean on him and say, Kellen, we really want you here, I think he goes because it's home. And it's your program. It's about you. Look, uh, and and I think, Mickey, you can back this up because you've covered this enough. When you're here with the Dallas Cowboys, even if you're the head coach, you know who's really the star? You know who the big you know who the big guy is? It's Jared. When you go to Boise State, you're the star. You're the head coach. It's your program. I think Kellen Moore's plays that he calls here, I think these plays would be excellent at the collegiate level. And I'll also follow this up with this, because I've said it on the show with Barry and Danny. I think Mike McCarthy misses calling plays, that he likes calling plays. And if Kellen Moore's gone, yeah. that guy gets that big old play sheet back. I mean, this guy every week has this huge play sheet. I'm like, Why do you need that big old play sheet if you're not calling no plays? This man wants to call some (laughs) plays. So I think that if Kellen Moore goes, this thing puts Mike McCarthy where he wants to be. And I go back to when Wade Phillips, was the head coach here, and you have Brian Stewart as defensive coordinator, and they moved Stewart out. And Jerry said, hey, Wade, I want you here to call plays because this is what you do best. And I think that Mike McCarthy calling plays for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021, with Kellen Moore being the head coach of Boise State, may be a win-win.
3: Uh, I don't know about uh, your example there, uh, Newey, with Brian Stewart because that was Wade's biggest mistake. The reason he gets head coaching jobs is because he's a good defensive coordinator and why would you hand off what you're best at to somebody else that wasn't very good at it, right? Mm. And I used to have the same uh, opinion of Jason Garrett you got the job because you were an offensive coordinator and then a year or two after you got the job you handed it off to somebody else right Uh, and and then in the end you didn't see eye to eye with that guy very well Uh, so to me the reason you get a head coaching job is because you did something well as a coordinator and then you give up what you did well and and you're going to depend on somebody else i i wouldn't do that Uh, I'd be afraid of that and I think Mike McCarthy's very comfortable because it was his idea to bring or to keep Kellen Moore here and if you remember the first press conference he said he said that if I hadn't gotten this job I had my eye on Kellen Moore to bring him along wherever I went as my offensive coordinator so he may have that play sheet and Jason Garrett had the play sheet too uh, and it's the head coach's prerogative that if he doesn't like the play call, it's like, uh, wait a minute here, let me change that. Uh, let's think about doing this. So, And the other thing I think you, you need to understand with the offensive coordinator, and Isaiah helped me out here, but he doesn't sit there with the roller decks during the game and say, well, let me call this. They've got this planned out as a staff going in. When we're in this situation, here's what we want to do. You can pick these three plays in this particular situation. So uh, I think Mike McCarthy's very comfortable with a guy that has been very creative trying to figure out How does he compensate for an offensive line that can't hold down the line of scrimmage? And that's why you see all these, what uh, Warren Powers used to say when he was the head coach at Missouri, these gingerbread plays, all the little fancy things he's trying to do to get the ball out on the perimeter because they can't run
1: between the tackles. I don't disagree. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, Let's hear it. Think, Let's Nui, hear it. Bring up it. Let's a good hear point. It. No, I believe you. You bring up a good point, Nui, about uh, Mike McCarthy and his play calling and what we what we've been historically used to seeing from Coach Mike McCarthy, and I, people don't give any credit anymore to the fact that Mike McCarthy was doing video conferences with his offense and trying to, you know, get these guys acclimated with his system of what he wanted to do. It only made sense that he stayed with what Keller Moore had been doing. But uh, previous, uh, previously, not don't rock the boat or change anything uh, too much, but... Look, I I just feel like with this offseason, both of these guys are going to have to get on the same page, and it's going to come down to the health of this team and being able to go forward uh, with it. But offensively, and and just the play-calling part of it, I I don't believe that Mike McCarthy has given up as much of it as we think he has.
2: Yeah, and I I think all of it is pretty much speculation, obviously, because we're not in those meetings, and we don't understand... Who's really in control? Yeah. We we know we know what Mike McCarthy and you know, what his history has shown. Uh, but I, you know, to Mickey's point, he did, you know, he did give give up his responsibilities to Kellen Moore. And my my only issue with Kellen Moore has been just that. Make all the glitz and glamour that he did up until last week. Last yeah. week, those that glitz and glamour was misdirection. It was it was it, you know it was just literally to throw off the you know smoking it was just smoking guns, you know, it was just to throw off the other team, but it was still within the confines of your offense. And that's the stuff that works. That's the stuff that our defense has had issues with in terms of guys running across motions, you're setting up plays series in advance, games in advance, right? Um, giving them these looks in preparation for it working this one time. For those that don't know, um, you know this stuff is mapped out. You know this stuff is mapped out far in advance. You, you, you the plays that they're going to run, you know this this weekend, they they set those plays up two or three games ago. So this is stuff that they work on. These these play calls, these play sheets that you guys are talking about, you know these are three, four, five hundred plays deep sometimes, and you know we used to sit there and pick these things apart, play by play, series by series. I mean it's so down to the analytics where it'll be third and five. And literally, you'll walk in the huddle and be like, "Okay, remember when they, when we come out of this personnel, they're 37 of the time they're blitzing." Like these are the numbers that are popping up in your head because this is the stuff that you that you literally go over every single day. So they know exactly what they're doing. My only issue with Mike McCarthy this year has been what he's allowed to come across um, across that microphone. You know, to Mickey's point, like I said, it I've said it on the talking Cowboys before. When I was with the Patriots and I was, you know, uh, and I was a little, you know, clipboard clipboard quarterback when I first got there. You know, I would hear play, certain play calls come across from Billy O'Brien, and Bill Belichick would just say, "No, run it," and that was it. <laughs> He's like, "Okay, all right, we're running it," and that was it. You know, so he has that. He has that authority.
3: And and Excellent. think about this, guys, and this is no coincidence. The side of the ball that they kept continuity with from last year has been more productive than the side of the ball that they tried to come in and reinvent the wheel with, right? So yeah. there's something to be said for continuity, and let's yeah, not forget what this offense was doing when Dak Prescott was in there, and before Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert had to Wagon throwing the quarterback, right?
2: <laughs>
0: His name Carly is G-Wagon, Nick. It's G-Wagon. Let, let Let's take a break here. Let's take our final break on Talking Cowboys. We've got to come up with some predictions here as the Cowboys get ready to host the Eagles. And I want to get the guys' take on something that Mike McCarthy says he's going to do on Christmas Day for his football team. We'll do that as the Players' Lounge Scramble continues right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio.
2: It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team.
4: Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at
5: stetson.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation.
4: Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery...
0: All right, players, lounge scramble edition right here on Christmas Eve. I'm Newey Scruggs, joined by Mickey Spagnola, Isaiah Stanback, and Heckma Harrison here, getting you ready for Cowboys-Eagles' final Cowboys home game of the year. It will be at AT&T Stadium. It's Christmas Eve. The Cowboys are holding practice right now as we speak indoors. Now, Christmas Day, Mike McCarthy has decided that The Cowboys will not practice. He's giving the players uh, that day for themselves. He says they should be at home with their families. Isaiah, um, take me back to your time with Bill Belichick. Uh, How did he work things, and what did you think about Mike McCarthy giving the Cowboys Christmas
2: Day off? Yeah, no I don't I don't know about days off man I, I think we I think we I think, I think we came in I think we came in a little later if I, if I remember correctly I think we came in like midday uh if I remember correctly yeah I think that's what it was uh, for my time I don't remember ever having a day off for Christmas but that's awesome that he feels confident that those guys are prepared to do that I'm it's a, it's a fine line because the, the fact of the matter is playoffs are still on the cusp that's the reality. I know it doesn't probably sound good or even sound realistic, but um, that's the reality. So days off this close to that run, ugh, I don't know. I would, I would probably just have those guys come in at 12 o'clock so that they can wake up and enjoy the morning with their families.
3: You know what? Uh, let me bring some perspective to that day off on Friday. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy changed the practice uh, routine for the Cowboys where normally Friday was the last day of practice, Saturday was a walkthrough. Well now, he gives them the walkthrough on Friday and they practice on Saturday. So that Friday happens to be Christmas. Basically, the walkthrough, they'll double up on Saturday, which is, as Isaiah knows, it's like a meeting on the field. Everybody runs out, okay, second kickoff team, go out there. It's not really a, a practice practice. So basically, they're getting out of meetings. Uh, they'll probably go a little bit longer today, and then he said today in his conference call that they'll have the, the what he calls mock game. It's the walkthrough. They'll have that. They'll have two things on Saturday, and it's a home game, so now you don't have to travel. Yeah. But Isaiah's right. With the former coaches here, when when or I mean Christmas got in the way of practice, it was like okay, everybody come in at two o'clock. I know that's kind of what Jason Garrett used to do, but then Saturday, basically, you came in ten o'clock. By eleven, you had the day to yourself. You were done. So he just taken the walkthrough, move it to Saturday, and give them Friday off. So uh, they're missing a couple meetings. They'll double up today and double up on Saturday. So uh, I don't know if he's, you know, acting like Santa Claus. Here's a Christmas (laughs) present.
1: And I believe that Mike McCarthy knows the pulse of this team and everything that these guys have been through health-wise. And if Friday was just going to be a walk-through and they've made up for that by doubling down on more things through this week, then. You know, look, kudos to those guys being able to get Christmas Day off. Like you said, Isaiah, not a lot of teams will do that. you still have to come in later. doesn't matter if it's a walkthrough or what what have you. But I just trust that Mike McCarthy knows and has his hand on the pulse of this team and knows what's going to work best for those guys. Maybe that's something that galvanizes them because they realize that he trusts them with the whole preparation process.
3: You know, the other thing he's done these last, last week and this week is he's shortened the practice. It's kind of the last three games he said he's normally done that. When he was at Green Bay, just to get the guys off their legs uh, and let them recuperate a little bit more. So he's he's taken about 20 minutes off the Monday, uh, Wednesday, Friday or Saturday practice uh, just to shorten things up to try to keep his guys as fresh as possible uh, going forward. Because the last thing you want right. to do is leave your game on the field on Friday and then Saturday, Sunday you're you're worn out.
0: All right, prediction time here. Cowboys are a two and a half point dog to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys have to win this game. If they lose this game, they're not going to be able to win the East and make the playoffs. So, heck, I'm starting with you. I kind of have a feeling I know where you're going, but I'm going to start with you.
1: Man, it, it, look, no, it, it's no I'm. Everybody that knows me know that there's no way that I would ever pick the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Period. This Correct. Is, I'm incapable of doing that. <laughs> I just can't. And I just feel like in a must-win game situation uh, for these guys and everything that they've been through all year with the media, dogging them, fans, everybody else, this is a game that they know that they have to show up for here at at Stadium. So I'm taking uh, the Cowboys, and 17 to 10 was, was my prediction.
0: Wow, you got Mike Nolan holding somebody to 10 points. Okay. Okay. I do, I do. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Hmm. I do.
2: All right. Hold Isaiah. On. Isaiah, what you got? Uh, yeah, it's not that. Um, I'm gonna go with. The, <laughs> uh, no, I'm going with the Cowboys on this one. I think that they find a way. I think that they have enough fight. They've been through enough this year. They've overcome enough of adversity that they're going to uh, realize mm-hmm. and acknowledge the fact that hey, shoot, if we take care of business today, and in, in Washington loses, it's a Week 17 showdown. Right? So it's a week 17 showdown. We actually have a real chance at this. Um, and I think they realize that. I, I think that they're going to refuse to allow Philly to come in here and, and smack them upside the head like other teams have. So uh, I think that Dallas wins 24 17.
0: 24 17. The voice of reason, Mickey Spagnola.
2: So I see there's an Everson Walls and a Nate
3: Newton on every, t- on every podcast, right? <laughs> Never pick against the Cowboys, right? Well, guess what? I finally am eligible to pick them to win, because I think after they lost to, I think it was uh, Baltimore maybe, Uh, I can't remember what the loss was, but I said I will not pick them to win again until they win two straight, and I was running out of games, right, and now they won two straight, so I picked them to lose all these games uh, that they've won here in the last five five games, Uh, but... uh, they're are two point underdog. They were four point underdogs to San Francisco, and I thought this was funny. All the guys covering the team in San Francisco area picked the Cowboys to win, and all the people here in Dallas picked San Francisco to win. Right? Hey, no, nobody got. Uh, only the San Francisco people got it right. Right? They knew their team. Um, so now that I got the opportunity to pick them to win, because I thought they would win last week, but I couldn't pick them, I'm going 24-23. Uh, I, I just think that uh, they will have just enough offense uh, to be able to beat Philadelphia and just enough defense to squeak by uh, and 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 win this game against a rookie quarterback who now people know a little bit more about what he's all about uh, on the field. You've got two starts to study uh, Jalen Hurts.
0: All right. I, I'm going to uh, keep my word, what I said yesterday on the Players' Lounge, which was a 27-21 Philadelphia win. Uh, this is not Nick Mullins. This is not Brandon Allen. And, Mickey, you already alluded to it. They gave up 150 yards to San Francisco, and you knew what they wanted to do. And this is when you saw um, Mostert go down, and then Wilson came in. He went down, and they were still out here running, bringing Tevin Coleman in. Um, I've got, I got to see this team stop the run. That's my biggest concern here. I'm just, I just don't trust uh, Mr. Nolan, and then not having Woods, uh, not having um, uh, Leighton Vanderess. I think these are going to be some issues for the Cowboys, but we shall see. We shall see. It's 15 minutes afterward. I don't want to push our producer, Chris Beam, on Christmas Eve. He's got things to do. So, Mickey, <laughs> Isaiah, heck, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, it was a lot of fun to be on the players on Hotels.com yes. with you guys. Have a blessed and great Merry Christmas. And we do not have any shows tomorrow. Enjoy your Christmas Eve, and we'll enjoy Cowboy football on Sunday. And we'll be back to talk about all the Cowboy uh, podcasts on Monday. Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, everybody.
3: Merry Christmas Christmas,
5: to everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?